Good morning. This is from Ephesians 1, 1 through 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and all and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. All right, thank you, Mele. Good morning. It's, uh, it's great to see you all here this morning. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and it's uh, great to have you all here, those of us who were out of town and different things like that, to all be back together. Um, just uh, if you're new or you've never heard me preach before, I want to give you a, uh, a quick heads up that I have a speech impediment, and um, it'll kind of come in and out as we go. It's not connected to the fact that we're at the frozen tundra of Tucson, Arizona right now. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a cold one. But anyway, that'll kind of come in and out as we go. Um, we have a lot going on this morning, but I don't want to overlook something that happened that some of you may have no- noticed, but we can tend to take for granted and, unless things go wrong. But that's just want to thank our, uh, our um, AV kind of sound table people. Can we just give them a little round of applause? Um, they do things a lot behind the scenes. Um, including, like, I don't know if you saw Josh there, but just hustled up here and got that um, speaker um, all set up. And so one of the things, obviously, we meet in the school, which last week we talked some about, and about we actually do this intentionally and have a great partnership with the school, but it's not all neat and easy and clean. And one of the things with that is, obviously, we have to set up and, you know, tear down, and and a ton of people do that week in and week out and often go, Un, kind of un, unrecognized. So anyway, thank you guys for that, for fixing the, the speaker. I want to make sure you can just hear me coming at you strong, you know. Uh, so anyway, um, we got a lot to cover this morning. So go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles, if you have them with you, or your app, or however you read God's Word, to um, Ephesians. We're going to start out this series in Ephesians this morning. And um, if you don't have a Bible with you, will you hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get you one, okay? We want to make sure everyone has a uh, copy of God's Word they can read and understand and follow along with. And if you don't own a copy, um, you do now, okay? This is our gift to you. Y en español, si quieres la Biblia y no tienes, por favor levanta su mano y diga español. Y si no tienes una Biblia, eso es un regalo a usted. Y uh, esta mañana estamos en F. Oh, I didn't check this one. Where's my people out here? Ephesios. Correcto? Ephesios. Gracias. Okay, Ephesians. There it is. We all learned something here. Ephesios. Ephesians, um, capítulo uno. But um, God likes to keep me humble here. Um, this cutter isn't enough, right? Got other things. Um, so as we're handing those out, I'll say something too, because um, I want to just acknowledge as we talk about growing in, um, it, as an eclectic community together in different ways, one of the ways we're going to love our, you know, uh, saints, if you will, our, our uh, older demographic and seek to can keep growing in that way is we're actually getting larger print Bibles, because some of you maybe like raise your hand and we give you a copy and then you look and you're like, yeah, right, it's tiny. I can't read them, that's for sure. So we're getting new, uh, larger print Bibles, so that's exciting. And we're not going to like have you raise your hand if you want larger print or do, it'll just, they'll all be the same. Okay, um, okay, a couple things I want to say before we get into Ephesians together. One, um, Actually, I'll do this one second because I don't want you all hustling out of here while I give another announcement. So first is starting a week from tomorrow. Um, so next Monday, we're going to start back into what we do consistently. Um, twice a year, we start uh, something that we call tapestry tables. And um, what that is, we again talked a lot about it last week, kind of shameless plug. If you weren't here for this Hate of the church address. This would be a, a good thing to go back um, and hear. We, we talked some about just kind of what God has done, what he is doing, where we're headed, just some exciting things as a church. But we talked some about this not just being kind of a something on the side that we um, are interested in and kind of talk about, but this is something that is an ongoing conversation. Okay, on that note, I want to say if you've been through tapestry 
tables before. It's not like you do it for four weeks and then you're done forever. Okay, we do have an on-ramp and an off-ramp every, um, every kind of half, half of a year, if you will. We do them uh, twice a year, and so you sign up, and, um, but we, it's an ongoing conversation. And we are looking through the lens of kind of four different, different um, elements to who we are, um, whether it's age, socioeconomic background, um, race or ethnicity, and then also um, gender. And we come around tables as an eclectic community and we engage different subjects and conversations, often things that we reserve to only things like Facebook where we're in a safe, you know, behind a screen and no one is gonna, you know, interact with us and we say, no, that's not a healthy place. We're called to embody the gospel together and carry these conversations out as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and if you're not a Christian, you're, you're welcome as well and just knowing that we're coming saying this is a safe place to press into these conversations together. So again, um, the, the, the two big things I want us to all know is I encourage you to sign up for that. And uh, with that, it's a really incredibly helpful, practical expression of what we're walking through for the next 10 months as we spend time in the book of Ephesians, which is the kind of main theme of that is preparing God's people for tomorrow's world. And Ephesians, as we'll see, really presses into some really hard conversations that being God's people means we come together from different backgrounds um, as one people under the good news of Jesus and really living out practical expressions of uh, who we are as God's redeemed people. Okay, so tapestry tables is good for that. It, it's, it's a great way to do it. So again, it's not like you've already done it, so you don't need to do it again. Um, so we'd encourage you to come and to be a part of it. That said, we are asking, like, we're not trying to make this thing huge and have everyone come and just say, oh, like, we're saying if you're coming, which we want you to come, um, we're asking you to commit for the four weeks that tapestry, or the four months, okay, we'll do it once a month, for each time. It's not, oh, I'll come when I feel like it and show up because what we're gonna do is we're gonna have the same tables holding conversation together and, and when things come up, and they do, and they will, when you say, I never wanna come, I never wanna see this person again, we know, well, we're forced to move toward one another in the good news of Jesus because we're on the same table together and we're gonna work through some things that will come up together. So again, it's a consistent, we're asking you to, if you come, to commit to it for each time. Amen? Okay, amen means I'm tracking with you. I agree um, with you. And so, okay, um, the second thing before I pray, and we've got a lot to cover, so I gotta get into this quickly, is we have these booklets. If you hustled in late, which try to get on time, every part of our service makes sense and is kind of consistent, has a purpose for it. Um, that said, we have these incredibly helpful resources as we walk through Ephesians for the next 10 months, and it's, um, we're going to actually have three of these little booklets, and the, it's like basically a mini commentary. So we have them out there. Are there people at the Connect Desk right now? I'm okay with this if people hustle out want to get one if you're like me. So someone will be there. If you want to get one now, um, if you don't have cash with you, we're going to be on the honor system. You can come back and bring it. They are f five bucks each. We'd ask you to pay. That's what they cost um, to print. But if you don't have it with you or you, you know, have 350 or whatever, just go get one if you want one. And um, would encourage you to get one. It's a really helpful resource. And um, Lots of good stuff in there, including places to take notes and things like that. So with that, um, let me get into our time and, and, and uh, uh, pray together and ask the Lord to oversee our time and to prepare us to engage his word together. Lord, thank you for this morning, for every element of it, for everything that's gone on in our lives uh, individually, as well as, Lord, to bring us here corporately, communally, as your people. Lord, we, we pray and trust that you will speak to us through your word. And we, we ask that your spirit will even use my, my words and my voice and my time that I've prepared and also simultaneously be at work within each of our hearts this mo morning to continue to grow us in what it means to hear and respond to and live out the good news of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. All right, Ephesians, a couple things as we get into this together, just kind of so you know where we're headed this morning, is we're doing a bit of an overview this morning, but we will 
Um, so we're going to like walk through the whole book, okay? We're going to do that kind of kind of quickly. We're going to kind of fly up in a helicopter type deal and just go over the whole book to get an understanding of what God is saying to us through Ephesians, but we're also going to start out, and so we're also going to zoom in. Some of you have heard the kind of imagery of the fo- forest and the trees. So this morning, we'll look at close at some of the trees, but then we'll also kind of step back and look at the big picture of the forest that will really set us up to be in the trees, if you will, for the next 10 months. And we're intentionally doing that. We're going to take a really slow walk through Ephesians to see some incredible themes that come up, to press into some really difficult conversations and some really difficult words and theologies and and look at what that looks like to practically live those things out as God's People. And again, I said that the, the big idea, the theme, if you want to keep this in, in mind, is that it's preparing God's people or preparing the church for tomorrow's world. And in their day, like our day, there were all kinds of questions being asked. There's all kinds of confusion and, 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 and things um, w- wondering about. There's uncertainties about who is God. Is there one God? Are there many gods? Is God someone that we can kind of pick and pull from everywhere else and make up our own, or make up our own de- definition and belief about? Or is there one true God? And, and who are we? And what is my identity? What does success look like? What does family look like? How do husbands and wives interact and relate? What is God's, God's design for what marriage is to look like? What is, how do we come to faith? Is it, do we choose God? Does God choose us? How does that work? Some of these, again, like even some of us are getting uncomfortable, even as I say some of these things, there's really practical stuff here that, that, that this, what is the church or who is the church? Is it somewhere I go? Is it safe? Is it, is, it a, is it something I even need? What, what is all this stuff? Well, again, Ephesians will walk through some of those things to, again, shape us into what, how we walk in this consistently changing and uncertain world today and tomorrow as God's people. Okay, so that's a big idea. So again, let's, let's just begin. Let's, are you guys want to go with me, enter into Ephesians together? Okay, verse 1. All right, let's get into it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, okay, let's stop there. No, I'll I'll go for a second. (laughs) Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. So I I, I joked about kind of, you know, stopping there, Paul, but let's just know, who is this? Who are we? I don't want to assume that everyone here has read the Bible or even been to church, you know, before. This might be your first time, and we're really, really glad you're here or wherever you are. And and so this, this, uh, who, we want to understand when we read any part of Scripture, what's going on? What's the context? Who's the author? Who's the audience? Who's the first audience? And how does that relate with us here Today, so Paul, okay, it says there, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So this author, though, Paul, was not always Paul the apostle. He was once Saul, the persecutor of the church, uh, of God's people, or as it was known at first, the way. Okay, so this was people who followed Jesus were called the way, and this guy, Paul, was a faithful, zealous Hebrew, like an A-type personality. He got everything done. We sometimes talk about it in these just like, oh, he was, you know, evil, hated God. No, he, as, as he understood it, loved God and sought to honor God the best way he knew how, which as he understood it before he met Jesus was to obey the law, to observe the law, and to, and to pursue and persecute and call to justice anyone who didn't uh, honor God as he understood it. And so he sometimes even oversaw people's execution and, and, was, and was known for, again, um, being someone that, that the, the words used are like a dog, like a ravenous dog that would like find a treat or find something and shake it. And that's what he was doing to the church. And he was on his way to keep that going. And then Jesus risen from the dead, not a dream, not a cloud, but Jesus himself revealed himself to Paul. Paul was blinded by the light 
and said, who are you, Lord? As, 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 as Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then the whole story kind of walks through and, 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 and essentially Paul meets Jesus and, and as has to happen for all of us in order to come to faith in Jesus, in order to repent, which is we're going one direction and then to turn and, and to respond in faith and in trust and in surrender is the veil of, of unbelief is removed. As Jesus reveals himself and Paul now sees, ironically, he's physically blinded, but spiritually, he now sees for the first time clearly. And he sees how it all makes sense. And, he, and, and, and then this idea of him being an apostle is a sent one. And this is an apostle of Christ Jesus, is one who actually physically interacted with the resurrected Jesus and then was sent, was com- commissioned to live on mission, to, to carry out Jesus' plans and purposes. And so that's Saul. The, Saul, the uh, persecutor, is now Paul. His name is changed. Paul, the evangelist, the, the, the one who bears, who proclaims the good news of Jesus. So that's who we're dealing with here. Now, just a, a couple quick things of where we're at is he's, when he writes this, Ephesians, he's in, um, he's under house ar- ar- arrest. He's in jail, if you will. He's kind of under house arrest, and he writes uh, a couple of l- letters to churches that he either helped plant or was a part of overseeing, and so that's what's going on. So as we read this, we need to know that this is around 60, uh, 62 A.D., and there's a man here, Paul, again, who was an enemy of Jesus, a persecutor of Jesus, met Jesus, everything changes, and he's been such a, an outspoken, such a, a, a bold proclaimer of the good news of Jesus, of what it means to see and respond to and follow Jesus, that he's now under house arrest. And yet in that place, he now writes this letter to the Ephesian church. And specifically, right, so pick up with me there, who did he write it to? To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. So this is to the Ephesian church, okay, the church that's in Ephesus. And again, we need to understand, well, what's going on? What's the kind of background? What's some of the, some of the kind of, you know, co- cultural um, stuff going on at the time in in Ephesus, because otherwise we just read and certain things are said and certain, certain controversies are addressed and we just tune out or we assume it doesn't, you know, apply to us or we just kind of look through our own cultural lenses. And so in, in order to, to, to really understand it, we need to know, well, Ephesus. So this is written to the church in Ephesus. Now, just in you, if you have those, those handy book, booklets, you'll, you'll see in there that there is some, con- not, not even controversy, some conversation, um, whether this was specifically written to the church in Ephesus or to the whole area in um, Asia. If you, can you guys um, pull up the, we've got a m- map here of what, where, we're, where we're at. So you see there Ephesus right there. In either way, everyone agrees that it was intended to be shared with the, with the different churches in in that whole area, but we obviously see it addressed to the church in Ephesus, and we know that Paul spent significant time in that area of Ephesus. Again, we just read, right, we're like, okay, what's Ephesus? Is it like a, you know, one cow town kind of little deal? Is it, you know, a bunch of slack-jawed yokels? What's Ephesus? Like, we don't know. Well, Ephesus was a major port city, Okay, there was over a quarter of a million people, which at that time in you know, history was a huge place. And it was I- at least in like the top five in terms of you know, cities uh, in the known w- world there. Okay, you see Rome, kind of your top left there. And then, um, so there's Rome, and then you, you, see, you see Athens. Uh, there was also Ephesus is right up there. You also see... Um, Oh yeah, Antioch right there in modern day Syria. These are some major cities and just know Ephesus is right there with them. Okay, it's a major place and and most people would, uh, or many people would travel between all those places and they would bring their own views and philosophies and their own understanding of life and and what happened there. And so something else about, about Ephesus is that 
It was a place that, again, had a major medical school um, like, like Tucson, unlike Tempe, had a medical school. And um, I got to throw them in every once in a while. Cause, um, but see, I, I'm trying to stop because sometimes those just fall. People are like, get over it. But um, anyway, it was, it was a place that had a lot of stuff going on. It had, it had, had some significant um, re- reputation. Well, something else really important for us to understand as we read through Ephesians is that it was, it had the temple to Artemis, who was one of the a major Greek g- goddess, and it was known as one of the seven ancient wonders of the w- world. So this was a big deal. So when you thought of Ephesus, again, all kind of joking aside, if you were, were to talk about Tucson or Tempe or anywhere else, you know, that has like a college town or something well-known, right? If you were to write about Washington, D.C., and you didn't acknowledge that it had all these monuments of the Smithsonian or that it was even the capital, it would do a major uh, injustice to people in future generations that were reading and perhaps didn't know about a place. Again, similarly, if you were to write about Tucson, Arizona, or Tempe, right, we'll include them both, and you didn't mention U of A or ASU, right, it would not be that helpful because they influence the, the city in a massive way. Well, this, not just as kind of an identity, but a whole way of life understanding. So again, as we read, as somebody reads to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, there would be this understanding of, oh, but isn't that where Artemis isn't that where, where people worship Artemis or, or where they center their lives around this Greek goddess of Artemis. And and we need to know, yeah, that influence in their day, everything about life. In fact, let me read a quote um, to you from a book. This is not a a Christian commentary or anything like this. This is just a a book that explains um, Ephesus in, in this time. So here's what it says about, specifically about Artemis. The whole of nature was subject to this primitive goddess. It is by her orders that the earth brings forth fruit and flowers. She rules the elements, the air, the earth, and the sea. She governs the life of the animals. She tames the wild beasts and prevents their extinction. She assists in birth as the ruler of civilization. Each year she was celebrated almost everywhere in great festivals as the fertility goddess and granted innumerable prayers. She was described as the bee goddess, and on one side of the Ephesus coins was to be found the queen bee as the symbol of Artemis. Again, you see this idea there that every aspect of life, right, from 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 conceiving children to 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 crops to sickness, everything came back to this understanding of Artemis, and there was this massive temple that would remind you, okay, you're, if you're looking for the good life, okay, which we've talked about this before, but just so we, we understand this, when we hear the word gospel, the good news of Jesus, it has this idea, this picture of all of life, of every facet of life being informed and shaped, and there being good news that under Jesus' rule and his rule alone, all of life is understood. So now you understand when it says, to the church or the saints who are in Ephesus, where it's proclaimed and understood that only through Artemis is all of life, is the good life found. And then you see, those who are faithful to Christ Jesus. Okay, that's in like, oh, okay, we're about to get into some major, major conflict here, some major cu- cultural collision. All right, so with that, that flows right into verse two. Again, so now we're in the trees a bit, right? We're verse one, verse two, and then we're gonna get up in the helicopter and go over the whole thing. But, but as it says there, right? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a, a c- couple things about that to understand. One is this idea of peace, again, is directly connected to that quote that we just read about Artemis. Okay, this idea of peace, especially in the Hebrew culture, but, but in all was this idea of that's what we're looking for. That's life. That's, that's fertility. That's commerce. That's personal identity. It's family 
connectedness and health, it's, 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 it's purpose and goals and everything coming into this idea of peace. That's what we're all in their day and us today, right? We're looking for the good life, the American dream. We're looking for the way the world should be. We're looking for our place, for our part. And though we don't always acknowledge it, the way we tend to go through life is um, I'm, I'm the main star, I'm the hero, and I'm looking for my place here, and I'm looking for the whole world to kind of come under my, my order or to function the way I need it to, to, to meet all of my needs and my agenda the best I can. And that's directly similar to the Ephesian church over 2,000 years ago and kind of newsflash all of human history from the very beginnings. When, once sin entered into the world, sin, that idea means not God. And once we said, God, I don't want to find my identity and my purpose from you. I want to figure it out my own way. I want to structure the world to flow the way I want it to flow. And yet we see here again this bold proclamation right from the beginning. No, 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 grace to you and peace. And the, the idea here, the understanding is which comes only from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, we don't have a ton of time, but I, there's so many things here that I want to say. One thing, though, is some of us might wonder, why does it say God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? Isn't Jesus, uh, isn't Jesus part of the Trinity? Isn't he God the Son, right? There's one God in three persons. So what, what's this going on here? Is this, and the idea is, yes, there is one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But from the very beginning here, Ephesians wants to set us up, or the author here, Paul, wants to set us up to understand Jesus, who's the hero, who's the main character in everything you're about to read, the one through whom and for whom all things were created, the one who, 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 who right now currently, presently rules over every domain of human life, he is God. So when you worship God the Father, Jesus is not just the access to God the Father, Jesus as well is receiving full worship. He is God. And this is to, to, to help again in their day, in their pluralistic day, perhaps like some of us here, we think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with Jesus. I'll take him and add him to my different, you know, different organ, organization of, of what it means to be a good person or what different belief systems. I'll add Jesus to that. And this is to uh, set up, no, no, no. It's through Jesus and him alone that grace and peace come to you. And just something else here for us to understand. We're not gonna turn there right now, but if you don't believe me, you can. But the very end in chapter six, the very last verse in all of Ephesians has the same idea of grace and peace with you. And so it starts from the very beginning here in verses one and two and then all the way to the end of Ephesians, we'll see this theme of grace and peace, which are kind of like the tracks that we will, we will follow all throughout Ephesians as we read again for the next 10 months and we'll address some really difficult subjects and we'll press into some really important and perhaps even difficult conversations about what it means to be God's people, how we're prepared to be God's people for tomorrow's world and, and grace and peace will be the tracks that we will be on throughout. And again, only found and overseen by Jesus. Okay, so there's, the, there's some trees we dove into. There's some kind of setup for where we are in the whole thing. Now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at the whole book. All right, you ready? Okay, okay, get comfortable. I know these are over 100-year-old chairs that you're in, by the way, so we know they're not super comfortable. You can wiggle, you know, or, or however you need to do. Bring some stadium chairs, you know, something like that here. But now, actually, what we're gonna do, we're not gonna... Not going to spend a ton of time in this, but we're going to walk through each chapter. And this is something, okay, you can tell your friends if you want here that you learned a whole book of the Bible this morning. Okay, it's, it's so what, and it, and it looks like this. I think we actually have a slide up here to help you see to, how to kind of navigate that the big idea of Ephesians, again, preparing God's people for tomorrow's world, this theme that runs all throughout is in each verse here, in each chapter of 110, 210, 
310. Okay, so you just remain, remember the numbers 10, and then know your numbers. One, two, three, four, you know. And then, obviously, in, ver- in chapters 4 and 5, it gets a bit tricky there, you know, but there's also something cool going on there with 415, and then they trade, right? 514. And then, chapter 6, we're back to verse 10. Okay, so you see in each of those verses, it's kind of like a theme verse for that chapter, and it's where we understand the big idea. Again, so now we kind of zoom up in a hel- I've actually never been, been in a helicopter. I know we got some helicopter pilots in here, so maybe we could do a community field trip one day and get one. So, <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not going to, some Air Force government-owned helicopters, but, um, but, but we're going to take a, go up, kind of zoom up, and see the bigger picture here of Ephesians together. So, we're just going to walk through these one by one and see um, the, the big picture of what God is going to really drill down into our hearts and into us as a community through our time in Ephesians. Okay, verse, verse 10 as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So just like in our day, very similar to our day, in their day right there, there's this tendency to have this sacred-secular divide or to have this kind of dichotomy that we walk through the world and we tend to think, right, okay, God, we'll give you heaven. And some of, most of us wouldn't come out and just say this straight up, but it's like, okay, God gets heaven, we get down here, right? This is our domain. Or, or perhaps more, even more fitting, we tend to think, okay, God, yeah, you get heaven, you get up there, and then Jesus kind of swooped in for a while, came down here, and then zo- zoomed back up, and one day we will go up, and we will kind of leave this, this, this place, and in the meantime, we just kind of suck it up and, and kind of walk through this life here, and maybe, and then what happens is we think, well, we'll give you Sundays, or if you're like me and you grew up in a, maybe more, it's certain types of churches that met, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and sometimes there'd be, you know, revolt. Revo- Bibles and different things that would last all week and stuff like that, but still, that was an abnormality, okay? That kind of broke in, but the idea is, even right now, okay, we'll give you Sunday, we're here, and then we'll leave, and we'll go order some food, and that's not really a spiritual activity. That's not really, you know, that's kind of separate from, you know, church time, and then we have RC, Redemption Community that's in another spiritual time but you know my work what I do that's more of a secular time that's kind of a, a, a separate time that's in you know earthly thing and so when we talk about all of life is all for Jesus it's not just a, a, a you know cute phrase that we have on a shirt we see here that no Jesus is very mission And what it means to call us together as his people, to live as his people, to put your faith in him and to follow him, is to understand that he has come to unite all things. How many things? All things. Not some things, not the things that are easy, all things to himself. And now this was easier for them in their day as a church to understand. Because again, we tend to think, oh, church, it's somewhere you go. Well, how are you guys a church? You don't have a building. You meet in a school. Is that a church? Like, how do you go to church when this place is filled with, like, you know, stinky, you know, junior high kids who draw nasty pictures sometimes on our gang giving boom boxes that actually happened and you know how so how does that work like you don't have a building we go to church right that's our our some of the way we understand things well no the the again the word ecclesia the idea of church that people here would understand is that church is the people of god Right? We even talked about this last week. It, it really, we, we, we explained it significantly. It's a reconciled people living on mission. Okay? It's, it's the church is the people of God. And so it's, we do ourselves a great disservice if we try to understand all of life and living life if it's something we come to uh, you know, once a week. Right? But no, like church, if church is that, then yeah, then we struggle to see how it informs every aspect of life. But if it's a people, if it's how we relate with one another, if it's how we live in the world around us, that sets us up a little bit but better. And again, this, this, and we'll see this theme unfolding, but it's the reality of heaven, right? What we tend to think of up there, which is more a 
appropriately, the kingdom of God and where everything and every part of life is under the rule and authority of Jesus, it's that breaking into right now. It's living as though, because it is living in light of the reality that Jesus is God and ruler and authority over all things. And it's living every aspect of life in that reality, even before it's been fully realized, which will happen when he returns and, and, and says this is, and, and he sets all things straight once and for all. Okay, so that's a key theme here that we understand in Ephesians. Now we'll kind of pick it up more as we go through Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Everyone say, for good works. Okay, this is an interactive deal, so that's good. Good job, everyone. Um, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, this is important because we, we tend to get weird and hear things that, that, that the word is not saying. This is not saying by good works. It's not saying we do good things and we earn God's favor, we earn God's acceptance, all these things like that. But, okay, everyone here, look at me. We tend to get on this pendulum and go from extreme to extreme, and then we tend to think, oh, I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, which is true. That's the only way to reconciliation with God, ourselves, and each other. But then we tend to think again, oh, that's now happened in a vacuum, and now I just kind of, like a zombie, wander through life, and all of a sudden I will be beamed up, and that's all it's for, and I just kind of live life between now and then. But no, okay, you see here that the purpose that Jesus has done, again, reconciling all things to himself, things on, in heaven and things on earth, is with a purpose so that we would, would, would through our lives and our relationship with, with each other and through everything that we do, that we would be like, hear this imagery, God's poetry, God's artwork, that through our lives together, that we would, through our obedience to God, loving God and loving our neighbor, as ourselves, that we would be the artistic story, message of God on display to the world around us. Okay, so, so how we live and who we are is God's workmanship, is God's, is God's artistic demonstration of who he is and what he's doing, of his nature, of his authority, of his character. And that goes directly connected to chapter 3, verse 10. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Okay, so again, this idea is not just so you and I would, you know, would, would understand God and we would do this and so just the world or that, you know, other people, but there's this, there's this cosmic plan of God that he would reveal who he is, that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities, to the spiritual realm even. Okay, and again, we'll press into that. We don't have time right now to, to, to drill into that, but that again, through who we are, the church, not just somewhere you go, not just an event, but through who we are as God's people, reconciled people, that, that, that his manifold wisdom would be on demonstration to not only other people, to a watching and wondering world, but to the spiritual realm, to the rulers and authorities as well, and, and so just, just let that sink in for a second through clumsy old you and me. Like, and again, we talk about tapestry tables and there's so much we don't get right and so much we're, we're kind of fumbling through and yet in God's infinitely sovereign design, that's through us that he wants to make himself known. And then we continue on in chapter four, verse 10. I'm sorry, nope, not verse 10, verse 15, right? So remember, now it gets fu funky. Verse so chapter four, verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. And this is this incredible, mysterious, beautiful picture that again, we'll see really fleshed out and we'll get to dive into significantly that the very love of God demonstrated through the death of Jesus that, that through our relationship with one another and with the world at large, that we are growing up into love, we're growing into the likeness of Jesus through love. 
which is this crazy idea, which I, I confess right now. Some of you guys know me, you know my personality, things like that, that it's hard when someone's not giving you love in return to continue to love them. And yet that is how God reveals himself to us, that God demonstrates his love, not while we're good and all this, but while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And now through that reconciled work of Jesus, as we understand his love, we get to extend that kind of love toward one another and to the world around us. So, th so this incredible picture, again, that invades every domain of life. The gospel on display, the good news of God's love to us, and then through that, God's love through us. And, and it's uh, this incredible picture. And then we go to chapter 5, verse 14. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says... Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. How is God's love shown? How do we live this life? How do we live? How, how, do we, how are we prepared to be God's people for tomorrow's world? Well, this right here, the author Paul is quoting the Old Testament and this understanding of resurrected language. Okay, it's hear me right now. If you're a Christian, if you put your faith in Jesus, if you've ever been here during a baptism service, or as we talked about even during the assurance of grace, right, where we, talk, where we confess our sins and then we talk about the reality of Jesus risen from the dead. That's not just something that he did back then that we are aware of that we celebrate once a year on Easter, right? We talk about every Sunday is like an Easter celebration and that's just kind of, that's why we celebrate on Sunday instead of Saturday, which was the Sabbath and you know, all this stuff there is because Sunday is the day that Jesus rose from the dead and that's the day that shapes all of human history. That's the day that shapes us as the church. That's the day that shapes us individually, the reality of being risen from the dead. And so again, this idea here of, of, of awake, O sleeper. So that's this here. That means that if you... If, um, you know, Jesus, if you put your faith in Jesus, it's, it's not just the same old people who are slightly improved, but a whole new people. This imagery, this language of being born again means having gone from death to life, raised again to new life through faith in Jesus. So this idea is that we get to live out the resurrected life that's how we're prepared to be God's people in a consistently confusing and changing world and an unpredictable, uncertain future from our perspective is that we are raised again. We're new people. And then finally, in chapter 6, verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Whose might? His might. And this is, if some of you know, Ephesians 6 is where it talks about the spiritual armor of God and that as we engage in spiritual um, conflict and spiritual warfare and some of these ideas, and which is not only like spooky, you know, Scooby-Doo, sorry, I'm old. I don't know if you young people know Scooby-Doo. I don't know, Stranger Things, something, I don't know what. But, you know, this unknown kind of spiritual realm, but it's, it's, there's all, and again, we'll get into this, but every facet of life, and it comes back to this idea that our nature and our tendency is to live for ourselves, right, for our glory. We think we're the, we're the star, we're the hero, we're the main character, and then to live by and through ourselves, by our own strength. And in summary here of all of Ephesians, this idea is called, no, no, no. You're not designed to go at it in your own efforts. You're not designed to pull yourself up by your bootstraps to try harder and do better, to muster up your own strength. But, but no, when you're saved from yourself, when your eyes are rightly opened and you see the good news of Jesus, now he sends his spirit to empower you to, to live for his glory. Not through your own strength, but through his might. Now, as we close, I want to um, show us a little clip here, a little video clip, and um, I, I think it's worth showing because it's an incredible picture. It's an illustration that um, when I saw it, and I, I want to do some work on the front end before we see it because some people I've seen that perhaps aren't as, you know, creative and artistic. No, I'm not at all either, but maybe miss. Like, well, what's, what is this showing? It's, it's a secular clip, okay? It's not as easily translated like, oh, I see, you know, it, right there. But it's a picture 
of what we'll see here is a picture of what it looks like when the, the star, if you will, when the main character assumes his rightful position and when everyone else finds great freedom in participating, in celebrating, not trying to be number one, not trying to be the top dog, not trying to get all the praise and all the glory and all the applause, but finds the right place. And so here's what happens in this. It's from a movie that just came out called um, uh, The The Great Showman, right? Some of you guys might have seen it. And this isn't a clip actually from the movie, and it's not a spoiler if people are like hitting the doors right now, the exits. It's not gonna spoil anything, but what, what it is, is it's this, it's before before they even began production, before they even started to, 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 to film, the, the main character, Hugh Jackman, um, had a skin cancer and was, was sick, or was, had some, and he had, had to have surgery done right before, and so he wasn't able to sing, and they had been planning for months and months to all come together, the whole cast, and to sing. And to, and to go through the whole, the whole script, the whole show. And yet, Hugh Jackman, who's the main character, he's the one who can sing, who's gonna sing all these different parts. Well, he has to kind of stand there because the doctor said, you can, you can talk, but you can't sing right now because you have the, he had like bitches in his nose. And so for all this time, he's been not singing, not singing until one number, he just can't hold it in anymore and he kind of takes over. And what you'll see, what I want to point out here before we see this, is that when he assumes his position, an incredible freedom comes and everyone else finds their place. Especially, watch the guy who's kind of singing his parts and who has been throughout the whole time, the guy who's been singing Hugh Jackman's parts. When Hugh finally steps forward and sings his part, the guy who was in that place finds great freedom. It almost looks like he kind of comes alive. So watch this as a picture of what it looks like for us to live as God's people, participating in, Jesus, the main figure, the hero, the main character, as he assumes his role. Okay, so let's, uh, let's watch this together.
Man, if, when I first saw that, I just wept, actually. And uh, my kids were like, why is dad crying at the, <laughs> the table? But, you know, in, in summary, again, we have, a, we have an exciting journey to embark on through the book of Ephesians. And, man, if they get excited, you know, in a, a secular context, a, you, know, a, a, you know, Hollywood production, a human, a created person, Hugh Jackman, can sing and steps forward, how much more? as God's people finding our rightful place, as his people responding to and living out his good news under the authority of Jesus, risen from the dead, God the Son, reconciling all things in heaven and on earth to himself. So let's respond, not only right now, but in the next 10 months together as we learn what it looks like to be God's people and let's see even this little picture. Man, if they can worship like that, I don't even know why maybe or how, like, how much more could the Spirit lead us to celebration, the good news of Jesus? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have given us even things like, you know, Hollywood and different productions as a, as a, as a, as a glimpse, as an expression of, uh, of what we get to participate in of the good news of Jesus ruling and reigning over all things and calling us into our identity and our purpose of participating in his mission and his authority. And uh, it's in his name that we now respond and that we pray. Amen.